the church year begins next week. We begin our sacred story again as we celebrate the first Sunday of Advent. And today is also one of the feasts of the church, the feast of the reign of Christ, also known as the feast of Christ the King. And it's a relatively new feast as church feasts go. Pope Pius XI instituted the feast in 1925, and we picked it up in the Anglican Communion in the Episcopal Church. And the Pope was trying to get this feast together in a response to the rising secularism, but especially to the rising nationalism in Europe. And on the surface, the Pope's feast failed. Nationalism rose. Uh, within about 15 years, Europe was engulfed in the Second World War, largely caused by the rising tides of nationalism. Still, we celebrate this feast of the reign of Christ, this feast of Christ the King, and it hopes to remind us that we're part of a bigger story, part of something greater than family or clan or nation. We are part of something bigger, a story that has been written since the very foundations of creation, a story of God's love, of God's redemption, of God's action in the world. And so today we come to the end of our story, at the end of our cycle of the year, so that we can begin again. We prepare to start again the cycle of telling our great story, a story that may sometimes seem hidden, but is always present. Scripture often celebrates the minority report, the way God is moving in hidden, funny little corners of the world, working God's purposes out through odd characters on the edges of empires in the strangest of places, in a stable, in a manger, not at the center. And God's story is often a hidden story, a deeper story. It's the kind of story that the late, great Whitney Houston sang about when she talked about a higher love. It's often hidden in the moment. And scripture benefits from hindsight. Often scripture can seem so majestic. The great miracles, the deep discernment, God's will, God's work, it seems so obvious in the Bible. But remember, scripture was written decades, sometimes generations, after the events occurred. Most of the oldest stories in the Hebrew Bible, what we often call the Old Testament, they were told around a campfire for hundreds of years before they were ever written down. Even the New Testament, the stories of Jesus were written down decades after his life, death, and resurrection. Scripture benefits from hindsight. It's often much easier to know how God has acted in the past, in retrospect, than to see how God is acting in a moment. Now, the official Roman historian of Jerusalem in the time of Jesus, Josephus, when he tells the story of Jesus' crucifixion, he stops there. Jesus looks like a failure. As Jesus rides in in majesty in our reading today, it looks so great in Scripture but to the people of his time, it looked like failure. The project of Christ's reign, the project of Jesus' kinship, it looks like it peters out. We often see what God is doing better with the gift of hindsight, with the time it takes to reflect, to notice, to see where the story leads. But every once in a while, the great story breaks through, as it did for the small gathering of Jesus' disciples, first for the women at the tomb, then with the boys in the upper room, 
Sometimes God's story breaks through. Yesterday for me was one of those breakthrough days. I don't know if you've heard, but yesterday in Missouri we elected a new bishop. The Reverend Dion K. Johnson of St. Paul's in Brighton, Michigan. Our bishop-elect is an immigrant from Barbados. He is also a black man and married to another man. A few weeks ago, Rudy Nickens, who serves on your vestry, who was also on the search and nominating committee for the bishop, he said to me after one of the walkabouts, Mike, it's great you're so enthusiastic, but there is no way that Missouri will elect a gay black man as a bishop. Yesterday, we elected Dion in exactly one vote, overwhelmingly. I ran to the back of the room to give Rudy a big hug. He said to me a little later, Mike, I have never been so glad to be wrong. <laughs> this morning at the forum, as we talked about the election process, we raised a sparkling toast and one of the sparkling beverages was a bottle that said, yes way, rosé. <laughs> Every once in a while, the greater story, God's story breaks through. Every once in a while, we get a glimpse of what God can do in the moment, what God is doing behind the scenes all the time. The story of yesterday was not simply about yesterday. Bishop-elect Johnson would not have been elected, would not have been elected with such a majority just a few years ago. The moment yesterday was the result of a great deal of slow, patient work in our church. Work that often looked like it was failing. Work that often looked like it was frustrated work that claimed the lives and livelihood and time and dignity of so many. The moment yesterday took a lot of work to get to. God moves in the midst of our story. A decade ago now, when I was in seminary, I had the privilege of attending a service called Simchat Torah at the congregation of Agudas Akim in Alexandria, Virginia. When you worship in a synagogue, you know when you get to the end of your cycle of readings, like we're getting the end of our cycle of readings today, but ours is not nearly so literal. Because in the synagogue, when you get to the end of the cycle of readings, you've literally rolled the Torah scroll all the way that you can roll it, and you run out of scroll. And so you, the, our Jewish um, neighbors, they celebrate the, the Simchat Torah. And at this celebration of Simchat Torah, the rabbi invited the congregation to stand in a great circle around the room and the Torah scroll was unraveled all the way around the room so that it could be re-rolled and start again at Genesis on the next time that the group gathered. And, and we all were wearing white gloves because Torah scrolls cost like $80,000. But we were holding that Torah scroll around the room and the bar and bat mitzvah kids, the, the recently um, initiated young Jewish uh, kids came into the middle of the scroll and they each found a portion of the Torah and they chanted in Hebrew sometimes with their voices cracking and it was so moving to see a congregation literally surrounded by their sacred story literally surrounded 
by the work of God's redemption, of God's liberation. What an image of God's story. That night standing in the synagogue was a reminder for me that God's story is a story of surprising action among God's people. The story of God's loving action, it wasn't just the story of centuries ago. That night, God was active, living in the community, in that synagogue, in the present. Friends, we are entrusted with a deeper story. In the midst of a world that often writes such bad news, there is a higher love. There is more to the story. God is working God's purposes out. Our loving, life-giving, liberating God is moving. God moved yesterday, I'm convinced. We glimpsed it in the moment. And when we look back, when our grandchildren look back, I'm convinced they will be able to see even more clearly the ways in which God's story has been unfolding even in our own time. The story of our nation, the story of any nation, it's not the main work of God. Don't get distracted. The deeper work, the deeper story is always being written. It is always about the way that God is building up a people who liberate, who bring life, who bring love to the world. May Christ reign this day and forevermore. Amen.